podcast where we explain people. I seriously want to thank everybody for taking time today to listen in and learn a little bit about your fellow human beings and why they do what they do. I am Master Life Coach Kim Giles, and I have Sarah Henderson with me in the studio today. And Sarah, I'm so happy that you would join me for this first pilot episode of Explain People. Yay! I am so excited to be here, Kim. Thank you so much for having me on. And on today's show, we're talking about the 12-shape relationship system and what the 12-shapes program is all about. And I'm really excited about this because I think I might be the 12-shapes biggest fan ever. Yeah, that's kind of why I asked you to be on the show, because you are. I mean, you are so enthusiastic about the 12-shapes. You're always calling me and telling me about your neighbor, who we just found out what shape she is. <laughs> yes, yes. But, so... I should have said at the beginning of the show that this is a 12 Shapes Relationship System production, right? So the 12 Shapes kind of forms the foundation of the show. So we're going to be talking about it a lot, but I'd love to have you actually explain why you like it so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I will. I'll take a little time. I think the overall theme for me is that I've spent a lot of time learning about myself. I'm kind of a self-development junkie, if you will. And I have listened to all of the other old podcasts on the 12 shape system, but I have so many books and so many things and so many podcasts that I've listened to about improving myself and self-development. And I've even spent, you know, a little bit of time in therapy over the last several decades. And when I learned about the 12 shapes program, it just took all of those things that I had read about and learned about in all those times and put it into one super simple program. And not only is the program super simple, it's really impactful. And I think that's what people are looking for when they get involved in those books and those things is they're looking for something that's gonna impact and make a difference in their life. And that's what the 12 Shapes did for me. It wasn't too complicated, it was super simple, and it's fun. You know, I took the quiz and I watched the little video and I learned about myself and I thought, wow, you know all those balance traits, those are totally true. And all those unbalanced traits, I was like, oh no, that's totally not me. And then as the next few weeks went by, I was like, oh my gosh, those unbalanced parts are totally me. <laughs> so I just was, I couldn't believe how accurate it was for me. And once I learned that, you know, my values and my fears drive my behavior, and that was true for everybody around me, it was life-changing. I could approach people differently. I could approach myself differently. And it was just, it was so awesome. So it's just been really good for me, and that's why I continue to call you and talk to you and bug you about all of it. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun. I think we know the shape of everybody in your neighborhood and all your friends and relatives. <laughs> we do. My friends, my families, and you know, my, my friends that are couples, they know each other's shapes, and we can point it out in each other now. And it's just been a great program for us to talk about the things that are kind of hard to talk about in a really fun way. Yeah, it makes it simple. I know... I was talking to somebody the other day about some of the other personality tests that are out there. And first of all, ours is not a personality test. As you mentioned, it's based in behavior and what drives behavior, what we value and what we fear. But a lot of those personality tests are so complicated. Like there's so much reading to even understand what your type of person is like. And it's just clunky. It's clunky, so that's not usable every day for me to remind my sister, right? I get that. You're this shape, so we can just use it, right? If it's simple, it's more usable. 
Yeah, yeah, and I love the simplicity. And tell me a little bit more about like how the 12 Shapes program came to be since this is the first episode. Can you talk about how that kind of happened, yeah, how it I, developed? Yeah, I would love to share that. So uh, about four years ago now, I had the opportunity to go to India to speak at a, a women's economic forum in India. And it was a really weird experience because I flew so far to be able to go and, and give this keynote speech. But they scheduled me the first thing in the morning and they'd had this huge party the night before. And so almost no one came to my speech. And I thought, oh well, it's good practice. I'll just roll with it, give my speech. And I, I wasn't sure anything good was gonna come for that because no one was in the audience. But the next day I was in an elevator in Delhi, India and in walks this cute little woman from Australia. And she immediately was like, oh my gosh, I heard you speak yesterday and I have all these questions and I wanna talk to you. And we just hit it off right away. But one of the first things she said to me is, can I just tell you a few things about you? And she started telling me all about the Aero profile. And I about fell off my chair. I mean, she just met me and she knew all of these really- she nailed it. Oh, it was right on. That's incredible. She totally could just I tell things about you based on what you talked about. That's amazing. So obviously I wanted to know more. And so she shared with me, she had been doing this research in Australia and Asia for the last 15 years. And it was really raw at that point. It didn't have the name of an arrow, my profile, because the shapes didn't exist. It was really raw data, but she had done some incredible work. The, thing, the things that she had figured out about these 12 profiles were just groundbreaking. So I convinced Nicole to come to Utah from Australia and to work with me to put this program together. And what was crazy is I had done all this work on values and fears, and she hadn't actually seen those things in her profiles yet. But as we sat down and started putting her research with mine together, they fit like a glove, and we could suddenly see how the fears played out in all the profiles. And so the 12 Shapes was kind of born from that. And I feel so lucky to be able to have this incredible information and get the chance to share, share it. I feel the sense of duty to some degree because Nicole's work that she put into it, I, I really want to make sure that it finds the opportunity to help the people that I know it can all over yes. the world. Yes, I agree for sure. I think we need to get this information out there so that people can have better relationships and better connections. And I keep, everything goes through my head. I can just hear Nicole in my head. So once you know better, you can do better. And that's exactly what it helps you do. And that's amazing. So let me kind of explain a little bit. So we keep mentioning it's not a personality test. It's based on behavior. And you, you might have to kind of sit with this a little bit to recognize what drives all of your behavior is really your subconscious programming. Neuroscientists tell us 95% of the time, we don't consciously choose behavior, we just react. And most of that subconscious programming comes from your core values and your core fears. And so when you really understand what your core fears and your core values are, all of a sudden, all your behavior starts to make sense. 
I think it's a game changer in relationships with other people where personality tests haven't been able to do this because when you understand someone else's shape and you understand their fears and values, all of a sudden it makes it so easy to understand why they're behaving the way they are and what they need from you so that they can behave better so that they won't be triggered and reactive and upset. When you know what their core fear is, you know what they need to quiet that fear so they can show up at their best. Oh, I, I love that. And so, so what you're saying then is, even though I have these subconscious patterns, if I understand where they're coming from and try to get a good grasp on them, I can actually change them? Yes. So our subconscious programming is powerful in our life because it's fast. So for example, if I'm out in public and I trip and fall on my face in front of people, I don't decide to feel stupid. I just immediately, in the blink of a tenth of a second, my face turns red and I feel like an idiot. Right. So I can go with that and I can experience feeling like an idiot and being embarrassed, or I have the power to consciously override that programming and I can actually choose a different perspective on this and not let it affect my value as a person and, and really get up from it and have the embarrassment be gone. We have the power. Our conscious mind is more powerful. We can always override our programming, but in order to do that, you kind of got to notice that your programming is running and mm. you know what, this isn't going to produce good things for me. And oh, then I love that. know how to override it. So we are going to, especially on the show, we're not going to only help you understand what shape people are and why these people behave this way or that way, but we're also going to really teach you how to change those subconscious programs that lead to your unbalanced behavior. And we're going to teach you how to have perspectives that lets you be your best balanced behavior. And if everybody, if you actually get online and you look at the pictures of the shapes, you'll notice that all of them have a line down the middle and one side's darker and one side's lighter. And this is really because all of us function all day, every day in one of two states. We're in a balanced state at our best or we get fear triggered and we're mm -hmm. in an unbalanced state at our worst. And we both do, we all do both of them all the time. I love that. And what I've learned so much from that is to be able to recognize when I'm acting in an unbalanced state. I can definitely tell when I'm in an unbalanced state because of what I've learned um, from this program. I can tell what unbalanced feels like in my body. I can tell when my heart starts to race or I get a lump in my throat. I can tell, oh, I'm going into that mode. I'm going into unbalanced. And so I think it's so critical for someone to be able to recognize it that in themselves and also be able to recognize that in them in others. Um, so I just really love that. Especially the people close to you, right? You recognize they just got fear triggered. So maybe let's talk about really quick. There's two fears. This is the beauty of the, the 12 shapes is that it's simple, right? There's only two fears that are really responsible for all of our bad behavior. Anytime you're out of sorts and you're not being the best you, it's because one or both of these two fears has been triggered. And all of us are a little more dominant one than the other. And you know what I realized this morning, are you an octagon? Is that yes. Okay. I'm an octagon. You're an octagon and I'm an arrow, which is perfect because you're more fear of loss dominant and I'm more fear of failure dominant. Okay. 
So those are the two core fears that are at play. So everybody, all our listeners, you guys know what fear of failure is about. It is that fear that you might not be good enough that you've had ever since you were a little kid. And some days you do better than others, but at some point every day you do battle. Everybody on the planet is doing battle with this subconscious program that says you might not be good enough. For some of us who are fear of failure dominant, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, it is our core fear and all the time it throws us into our unbalanced state. Now the other core fear is fear of loss. So fear of loss is really the fear that my life's not going to be good enough. It's the worry and stress when things aren't right or things aren't going the way I wanted them to go. Now, you could lose your job, you could lose money, you could lose a loved one. Those are obviously losses that you worry about, but we experience them every day. Like if I get stuck in traffic and I'm on my way somewhere important and I'm freaking out and being way immature because I'm now going to be late, it's because I'm having a loss experience. That's not what I wanted. Or if you come home and your kids have trashed your house, the reason you get mad, you're having a loss experience. You feel robbed. They took yes. time and energy away that now is going to take to clean this. So where do you notice your fear of loss gets triggered? Yes. Thanks for asking me that. I was just thinking the place that I feel it a lot is at work. If I, or any at home too, if I feel pressured or over pressured or overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, I'll never get this done. That makes me feel like I haven't, that I might lose people's respect. I might lose what they think of me. They think I'm doing a great job. They think I'm, I'm doing good. They think they trust me. And if I don't do what I've said I'm going to do or what they think I should do, then that's going to be a lost experience for me. They're not going to like me. They're not going to think as highly of me. And I've been able to recognize that as, as my, my personal fear, not because I used to get really resentful for those people on top of me, putting that pressure on me. But then I realized, Oh, this is my, this is my fear. This is my loss. So I really feel it when I get overwhelmed and I have to set myself back into balance. Okay, so can I ask you, what's the unbalanced behavior that comes out when your fear is triggered? Oh, I go into victim mode. I can't do this. It's overwhelming. Somebody help me. I totally go into victim mode and I recognize it now. My husband rec recognizes it now. I can't say that's always a good thing, but when I recognize it, I can take a deep breath and respond. I guess, like you said earlier, respond or react. So I get to choose at that point. Okay, am I going to freak out and cry and stomp away? Or am I just going to go, oh boy, okay. Take some breaths, calm down, go for a walk, whatever you can do to set yourself back in balance. Okay, so my, I'm going to tell you mine too. So this is fair. Yeah, absolutely. When fear of failure gets triggered, especially is if I feel criticized or judged by anybody. Wow. And it's just like a dagger to my heart because I try so hard to do right by everybody and do good. And so any Do you feel it physically in your body? Is there anything that like, do you sweat or what happens? Do you get angry? My shoulders and neck get all tight. But the, the bad behavior is either I pull away. I like, I'm a runner. If I'm not safe with you because you criticize me, I'm out of there. We're not going to have a relationship. I'm, I'm, wow. Okay. Or I go into task mode and I try to earn a sense of value back by accomplishing oh. all things. So I love it. 
arrows are known for being workaholics. And that ties it right back into the other part of the, of the system, right? Is, is the values and what you value. And I think that was a huge thing for me when I first heard um, you say on the program, you cannot earn your value. It is intrinsic in you being a human, human being. And I was like, is that true? Could that really be true? And if that's true, what does that mean for me? It means I don't have to be you know, the perfect child. I don't have to, I was the one trying so hard, wear your seatbelt, wear your helmet, follow the rules, get A's, you know, and then I realized that was me trying to earn this value. And so when that came up that you, you can't earn any more value, I was like, oh, the pressure was gone. I was like, is that really true? I loved it. Yeah. I, I hear that from people all the time that that's really meaningful. So let's talk about the, the four different areas of value. And I have to say from the beginning, all of us value people and other humans most. I mean, our, our, the thing we're most afraid of losing is people that we love. So when I say that some of you value people most, as far as there's three shapes that generally value relationships and connection and time with other people most is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So octagons, circles, and heart are all people, people. And being with others is what fills you guys up. And you're so communicative. You just love to talk to other people all the time. And you really have more fear of abandonment or being alone where the rest of us would like to be alone. You don't want to be alone. Right. With other people because that's what fills you up. But that need for connection and, and interaction with other people, if you don't get it, that of course can get you into an unbalanced state too. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So people's the first one. The second one is tasks and that's where arrows are. I mean, I still value people most, but first thing in the morning when I wake up, uh, all that's on my mind is the to-do list of the day and all the things I need to accomplish and get done. And sometimes I can be so focused on that that I miss that there was someone that needed me to show up for them today because I was a little too task-focused. So let's talk about for just for a second, how does that, how does that fill up your bucket? So when you say, you know, the people, people, when they feel that connection, they feel um, com kind of complete and full. And when you can check, check, check off your task list, what does, what does that mean? Like you feel good about yourself? You feel enough? Is that what a value does? Yes, it's a source of validation. Ah. It's a sense of safety in the world that everything I is that. good if I'm accomplishing a lot. Where for you, it's more that I've got these great relationships that are rich and good in your life. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So there's four of these. We've just hit two, the people and the tasks. The third one is things. Now, there are some shapes on the things row that are a little materialistic, that they do feel a sense of validation and safety if they have nice things. They drive a nice car and wear, have a nice watch and the latest iPhone or whatever, that, that stuff can be validating. And I know we're going to do a whole show about uh, rhombuses. <laughs> okay. Why? Build that today, <laughs> but you're going to have to listen to our show about rhombuses. Stars also kind of value appearance and clothes and, and how they look, but they can also be artists or inventors, people that really like to create things. 
So it's not just owning things, it can be the creation of things on that row. And I'm so grateful that we have people who will invent things, right? And oh, absolutely produce art and are, and are focused in that physical realm. We need everybody. We need people of all these types. Okay, so the last one is idea-focused people. And these folks can be very opinionated. They have a lot of ideas and opinions. They have a stronger moral compass. They're very black and white and right and wrong. They love education and learning and research. And when I hear about somebody that just got her second master's degree, and I, I know she, that they're going to be on that road because they just value knowledge, that kind of thing, so much. Oh, my gosh. Um, all of our, our advocates that are saving the whales and they value those principles and ideals so much that that really drives a lot of who they are. And their sense of safety in the world is often around being right about their idea, which can For be, sure. being real. well, all of us get challenges in our relationships, but so maybe our listeners, even if you haven't taken the quiz yet, maybe today you're already thinking that there's one of those four areas you really resonate with. And maybe you're already getting cued in to my more fear of failure dominant or fear of loss dominant. I love that as you're talking in my mind, I have friends and family members that are floating by and in my mind, I'm going, oh, that's my friend, Jim. Oh, that's my friend, Monty. Like those are my, I, and once I understand that in those people, it's so fun because then I can approach them differently. I know what floats their boat. So when I talk to them and be like, so what's the latest, uh, you know, hunting gear out there these days? Oh yeah, I got this new bow and arrow, you know, and they go off and it gives me the opportunity because I want to connect with them to connect with them. And so it's just so great to have these, these two core principles of fears and values to just really simplify everything. I love it. So anybody who wants to learn more, if you haven't been to our website, 12shapes.com, and it's one, two shapes, not the word 12, 12shapes.com, you can learn about all the shapes. You can take the quiz. You can get the app and invite your friends and family to take the quiz so you can learn what shape they are. Everything we're going to be talking about is on the website. And, and when you click on learn about the shapes on the website, there is a chart that shows you which shapes are in each of those four areas and, and based on the fears too. That's great. And you know, I think it's important to mention too, Kim, that um, there's no shape that's any better than any other shape, right? Like I think maybe my shape's better than your shape or a star is better than an arrow or... Oh, everybody goes there. <laughs> they do. And, and this is the thing. You are programmed in your subconscious programming. We call it othering. And basically it's, it's putting people in groups, right? And we love it to some degree. We love, oh, well, I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat, and we're better than you are. Or I cheer for this football team, and you cheer for that one, and we're way better than you. Right. A little bit of stereotyping. Everything. And it's, it's actually a very unevolved way to build up our own ego and self-esteem. Because if we can see us and them, and we can make sure them is worse than us, then our ego gets this little boost of self-esteem out of it. And every time we teach the shapes at a, at a business or in a big group, we get this little rivalry thing going between each of the shapes. You guys, the very most important principle that the 12 shapes is based on 
is that all human beings have the same value. And we are very different. We have different strengths and weaknesses, but guess what? We all have strengths and weaknesses. And every human being is worth the same. There's no thing that you can do to earn more value and be of more value than any other human being. And there's no mistake you can make that makes your value less than any other human being. Human souls have the same worth. Yeah, and this is this, is a, big deal. this is a big deal to all of us, but I think it's a big deal to you especially. I've seen you really on this mission, and your mission is kind of to have this more accepting, this more tolerant world. And I think this is maybe driven a little bit by partly because of your daughter. Can you tell me about, about your daughter a little bit? Yeah, so my, my youngest daughter is adopted, and she is African-American. So that it, it's been an interesting experience in the world as she has grown up. I really thought when she was young, I was bringing her into a world where the racism was on its way out. And, you know, people were, were getting past that. I really believed that. And it's been a very cold slap of reality mm. that we've got a long way to go on every level when it comes to othering and dividing ourselves into these groups of people. If you look at any problem going on in the world today, other than climate change, <laughs> all the rest are based in this core problem of certain groups of people thinking they're better or more important or whatever than other groups of people. All the other problems have that in it. And if we could all choose to see every other human being as having the same value as us, I, I think we've got an opportunity to literally change the world. I agree with you, uh, mostly, although I would even venture to say that maybe even climate change is a little bit based on all this and we could affect climate change if we had this greater understanding and tolerance of everybody in the world and we all didn't want more, more, more in our life and we all kind of lived under that platinum rule. Maybe even yeah, climate maybe. change. <laughs> You're onto something. <laughs> you know what? Every time I teach this anywhere I go, Sarah, I have somebody come up afterwards and say, now, wait a minute. What about Hitler? Oh. Right? Hitler can't have the same value as the rest of us. I mean, there are some people that are truly bad and evil, and we should see them as less valuable than the rest of us. So let me just cover that now. If that had come into your mind, this is my take on it. I feel like the minute you start making some exceptions, it's a very slippery slope. And soon it's Hitler and your mother-in-law and, oh, and that one neighbor. And then right. before you know it, you're right back into the same boat. And, and the way I prefer to see the world is that it's a classroom, all right? We are on the planet to grow and evolve and learn and, and become the best version of ourselves we could be. And the interesting thing about this classroom is not another human soul that lives will ever have the exact same classroom you got. They won't have your genes and your parents and your upbringing and your experiences and learn what you've seen. And because of that, we really can't judge where anybody else is in their classroom. When I see a homeless person on the street, I always remind my kids they have the same value as the rest of us. They're just in a different class and they may be suffering from mental illness. They may have grown up in a situation that if you had grown up there, you'd be exactly the same as them. Right. So the thing about making this choice that for you, all human beings are going to have the same value is you have to give up judgment. 
This has been a hard one for me. I have to say this was a, a, one of the harder principles and I still believe that I'm working on it. I think this takes, this takes a lot of time because I do it myself and I do it all the time and I catch myself judging myself against my clothes, my hair, my car, my weight against other people. And it does seem to be true that the more tolerance and acceptance and, and forgiveness I have for everyone else, then the more tolerance, acceptance and forgiveness I have for myself. But it's a journey. That's just not something, maybe that's one of the deeper uh, subconscious uh, patterns that we have, because that's a hard one for me. It is for me too, and it is for everybody. And, and really, our ego is just so programmed to use judgment and criticism of others as a ego boost to feel better. And we're so afraid that we're not enough that that looking for bad anywhere else, and it's not even just in people. Like I see people that complain about the, the church and the government and the schools and the park and recreation people and all these people that are not doing their job right? If we can see negative outside of ourselves anywhere, it makes us feel like we must be better, that we're above that. And so we, that's why we do it. We look for the bad so that we can feel a little safer in the world about ourselves, that we're not that bad. And I, I wish we had a better coping mechanism. And so we're going to be giving you a lot of skills and tools to repair your self-esteem so that you feel safe in the world without the need to do that. But Sarah, I think it's going to be a lifelong battle against that ego tendency to want to do that. I don't think it's going to just go away completely for any of us. I think we're going to have to keep working on it. Yeah, I think, um, again, it goes back to, it goes back to your value again with that. And that if you are seeing yourself and your value accurately, then you don't have to go there with other people. You don't have to knock them down. You can just know that your value is good and their value is good and, and it's all good. But that, that's a hard one too. So to come back and know that you are good enough and that you can totally, you've said before, rock what you got. And I think for myself, sometimes I looked at falling under the people line and having, being valuing connection a little more. As you said, I sometimes let some of those other tasks go that maybe I should be a little more concerned about. And then I am hard on myself. And I think if we're less harder on ourselves and really accept what we have and rock what we got, is what you guys say, then you're not going to be needing to judge others and needing to put everyone down. And that's just a better way to head. I love it. And let's, let's actually talk about this a little bit. So the other thing I wanted to share about my daughter, you know, she's, she's adopted. My other four, I gave birth to my other three and they are shapes more similar to mine. Mm. And so I was used to, I was raising these kids that were very self-motivated and task driven and got things done and got things done fast. Right. Okay. And the sweet little star gets plopped into our life. Who's just the shiniest star in the world and she's nothing like the rest of them and I could see now looking back at times that I was I was expecting her to be somebody she wasn't and I didn't know better at the time I, I didn't get this 
But this is one of the beautiful things about the shapes. It's gonna change how you parent because you're not gonna expect a star to be an arrow. You're gonna be able to look at a star child and say, okay, she has got some amazing strengths that arrows don't have. And her weaknesses are different than, than mine. And I've gotta teach her to embrace being her and where her magic is and the way she can just shine in the world very different from the way I'm going to shine in the world. And the shapes are so powerful for that, that we can really embrace who we are and love ourselves as we are instead of oh, yeah. always compare with other people. Oh, if I could just be like that, if I could just be like, well, you can't be all of it. No. And I love that you brought up the parenting piece of it because that has been, it's been impactful, impactful for me there too. I think originally I thought, the shapes and the relationship program was mostly about my marriage. And when I, we kind of established that and then took it to uh, learning our kids shape and then, you know, taking it to our families and, and being able to recognize their kids shapes. I mean, it's really important for parents to understand this because as everybody knows, they don't come with a manual and a lot of times they don't even come with any, any kind of help or instruction. So you're kind of winging it. But if you understand not only your own fears, but then you start to understand your kids' fears and what they value, um, it again is just such a game changer for the parenting realm. And again, that's one of those things. I've done a lot of research and reading and books and podcasts on parenting. But this one thing, understanding what my son fears and what he values is just the way I approach him has totally changed our relationship. It's been fabulous. Love it. So I also want to throw in the platinum rule. If everybody has never heard of that, you've only heard of the golden rule. Let me explain. So the golden rule is to treat others the way you would like to be treated. The platinum rule is a higher law, to treat others the way they would like to be treated. Ooh. And, and the truth is that they're different from you. And so what validates you doesn't validate them. What you're afraid of, they're not afraid of. They, they may be completely different. And so the shapes really makes it so you can live the platinum rule. You can understand how they want to be treated. And I had a client recently say to me, this is way beyond the love languages. And I thought love languages were powerful. Right. For example, your spouse might be verbal validation is their love language. But verbal validation about what? Because if the person is an octagon, the validation you want is very different from the validation I want or that a star wants. A star yes. wants you to say that she looks beautiful. If all you tell me is that I look beautiful, I don't feel validated at all because I don't really care how I look. I want to know that I'm smart and look at all the stuff I accomplished because I value tasks. It just takes love languages to the next level when you understand what they value most in terms of their shape. Yeah, and I think sometimes we interchange the word value and, and needs, and I think that's okay. Um, you'll hear a lot of marriage counselors, I think, and people talk about, well, what does your spouse need? Well, how do I know? How do I know what my spouse needs? I know what my spouse likes. I know what he spends his time doing, and I don't really know how I can supplement any of that based on his quote-unquote needs. But if I understand how I can be, this is one that I got from you, the cure to his fear, the cure to his fear. That is amazing. That's something we'll have to talk about more, but that's how I can fulfill his needs and um, 
figure out what his values are. And it's true for everyone. Even at work, when somebody's behaving badly, I go, hmm, what are they fearing right now? How can I quelch that fear, right? So again, just fulfilling a need and making their value recognized, you being able to recognize their value, really important. Yeah, I just wrote that down. We're gonna do a whole show on marriage about how to be the cure to your spouse's fear. We have to do that because, um, and I'll just give everybody a little taste. So because I'm fear of failure dominant, criticism and judgment hits my fear, triggers me and will bring out my worst. But if my spouse gives me lots of validation and appreciation, noticing all the good I, I do, he, he's becoming the cure instead of the cause of the fear. So no matter what shape you are, there's a magic recipe of what you need from someone to really make you feel safe with them in that relationship. And really, you can't have a healthy relationship if you don't feel safe. So. Yeah, and you can't cure the fear if you don't know what the fear is. So yeah. once, once you get that identified and you know where you can show up for them, they start showing up for you. It's crazy. It works. It does. So if you're, if you want a place to start, you got to go take the quiz <laughs> and find out what shape you are. And we haven't really even talked about the quiz. The quiz. Yeah. So the quiz is at app.12shapes.com. And I, I will say on occasion, I hear from people who take it and they see the video at the end and they don't think they got their shape right. And there is a button that you can take it over again. Sometimes I, I find people choose answers of who they want to be, not necessarily oh, absolutely. who they really are. Absolutely. Whenever I pass that link on, um, I do it all the time via text. I just pull out my phone and be like, take this quiz. It's really fun. It's easy. But I always say, don't take it by yourself. Take it with someone with you because you're going to answer the way you think you want to be, not the way you really are. And if you answer the way you really are, you're going to get a better result and it'll feel, it'll feel more authentic, I think. Yeah. And that person that knows you well will say, that's not you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's good. It's I a do good thing. hear that from people. So you had another podcast on iTunes and, and I know we're kind of, we're kind of running out of time here. And I just wanted to ask you real quick about that podcast. And I know that Nicole did um, a lot of the original research, research and stuff behind the shape. And uh, I know we've both had a little bit of contact with her and we love her and, and we miss her so much. And so can you just kind of link those podcasts to this show? Because honestly, I still have those podcasts on my iTunes account and I actually, I listened to one today. I still go back and listen to them. I hear that from so many people. I, I went to a, a spa last week and they told me every, every employee, they're still listening to that one over and over. Oh, it's amazing. Over. 44 episodes that Nicole and I did of relationship radio with Nicole and Kim is what you got to search for on iTunes relationship radio with Nicole and Kim. So they are fun. There's a lot of incredible information about the shapes and we're not going to really try to duplicate that with this one though. We spent today really digging into kind of the part of the 12 shape system. We're going to be having a lot more fun with the show <laughs> Sarah, yeah. you and I have each have a long list of really fun episodes that we're going to do to help you understand humans that we all know in the world. I day I, to day, not just like yeah. when you have time to think about your relationships or when things are going really bad. We're going to try to make it fun so that it just pops up into your head day to day. And so you can be like, oh, you met a new person today. What shape is she? 
or I have a new employee at my office and I'm still trying to figure out her shapes. Yeah, we're gonna, we are gonna have a lot of fun with this one. And we're still going to give you a lot of skills and tools, very practical advice to help you with the challenges that come up every day. But we're really gonna help you to understand human beings in a whole new way. And very quickly, you will start to be able to recognize what shapes people are when you run into them which is, it, it really changes the way you see everybody, doesn't it? it oh, it, it really does. Like I said, just people's names kind of go with their shapes and, and we may even talk about some of, those, some of those shapes and some of their behaviors that go with their shapes to help people really figure out the shapes of people around them. Because it can be, you know, 12 isn't a very big number, but it's amazing how it really so, is accurate. Well, Thank you so much, um, Kim, and thank you everybody for listening with us today. And I hope that we gave you a few insights and uh, we're looking to give you a ton more here on Explain People. So when you know better, you can do better. So join us again next week for some more of Explain People.